Patriots, assemble! We don't mess around. We don't waste time. Over here at his hard line. Let's, Let's go! go. Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Welcome to the show. Let's get started. Greetings and good day to all of you ladies and gentlemen out there. I am Jason, your co-host with our sovereign Lord and Savior Christ Jesus at our side because he is the most the host with the most and the most high and he is in charge and he is in the captain's chair and at the helm and behind the wheel. Therefore, he is steering this great ship through these crazy waters that we call life. So welcome to His Hard Line. Today is Tuesday, August 1st. It is August 1st, and we are kind of inching towards the end of the summer. And yes, it is still the year 2023, last I checked. And you are listening to episode 587, The True Story of the Titanic with Bill Hermanson, who is part of the Missouri General General Assembly. But first, we'll do a quick reading out of Psalm 58 because we cannot leave Jesus out of this show. But first, a quick daily disclaimer. I want to clarify that I am not a doctor, holistic health expert, financial advisor, pastor, priest, deacon, biblical scholar, or bar lawyer, and I do not possess any titles of nobility or offer legal advice. I do not have a political degree or have had any involvement with any unconstitutional three-letter corrupt agencies like the CIA or FBI. Hello, CIA and FBI. Hopefully you get a little Jesus in you and a little bit of truth from Bill Hermanson. But while I am a member of the Michigan General General Assembly and advocate for your participation in your local General General Assemblies, I am not the official face or voice of the national state or county assemblies. I don't care what you've heard. Most importantly, I want to emphasize that I have no affiliation with any other groups who try to mimic the lawful assembly, such as, well, I don't know, the American States Assembly, National Liberty, Life Force, Beacon 37, RUSA, and yes, those people over there at Tactical Civics or any other organization outside of the Michigan model. I have never participated and any fraudulent status correcting associated with AVR, Bobby Lawrence, or David Street and Company. And furthermore, I do not endorse or advocate for violence. Please note that the opinions, thoughts, and statements expressed on this show are solely our own, unless otherwise referenced. So there you go to the, all the Karens and Darrens out there who like to get cute and try to, you know, just twist my words around, you know? So anyways, so real quick, before we get into the reading, just a couple little things I found interesting and noteworthy. Um, 
I guess the acting New Jersey governor, Sheila Oliver, who is the lieutenant governor, um, she, I guess, was put into power while Governor Phil Murphy was out of the state. And I guess I and I'm not trying to make light of this, but I guess Phil Murphy, uh, from what I understand, suddenly died after going to the hospital for an undisclosed medical issue. So the state of New Jersey actually issued a letter. Um, and let me just see if I can open it real quick. This is kind of interesting. Um, uh, yeah, dated August 1st for immediate release. Uh, statement from the Oliver family, but basically stating that, you know, it's incredible sadness and heavy heart that we announce the passing of Honorable Sheila, or excuse me, the Honorable Sheila Y. Oliver, Lieutenant Governor. So, excuse me, I read that wrong here. Uh, Sheila Y. Oliver, Lieutenant Governor of the state of New Jersey. She was not only distinguished public servant, but also our cherished daughter, sister, aunt, friend, and hero. So I'm not going to continue to go on, but excuse me. So when I read that, I read that wrong. So somebody posted that kind of wonky. So I guess it was the, it was the um, lieutenant governor, the lieutenant governor that apparently passed away um, from an undisclosed medical issue. So um, very sad, very, very sad. Um, apparently there is reports about the Italian government has detected multiple complex cyber attacks on the nation's financial infrastructure. I find that kind of interesting. And an another thing I just wanted to kind of read real quick, because <clears throat> I find that it is important to put out there. Kirk Pendergrass with Kirk's Law Corner, he posted on his Telegram today saying, um, and this is what he wrote. <clears throat> My people shall perish for lack of knowledge. How do you propose things should happen if you were in charge, do you really think that one man can shut down the massive world corruption that's been happening since 400 BC by himself? How long do you think it would take you to take down this worldwide corruption? The military slash Trump administration plan is seven years. And Trump did say, hold on a second. Am I met? Oh, sorry. Sorry for anybody that was over there at Telegram. I forgot to unmute myself. My apologies, guys. My apologies. Um, so if you do want to go over there on Telegram, I am over there. And now the sound is on. Sorry. Uh, but Trump did say it was much bigger than they thought. And again, we are at world war. There is always casualties of war. And without the military slash Trump administration doing what they are doing, there would have been a lot more casualties of the general population and hardly anyone or any on the deep state side. That's the reality here. Either we fight back or just lay here and take it. And if we are going to fight back, then we need to learn, which is why Bill Hermanson keeps saying that the education is key when it comes to assembling and reassembling our states. But then we need to learn what is really going on, what has been put in place for us to use following due process of law to engage in the fight to be successful in winning this war. If you if we don't know the law and orders, then how are we going to engage in this fight? And he's absolutely right. He's absolutely right. So now real quick, let's get into the reading real quick. I promise not to be too long because I don't want to disrespect Bill's time. He's been very generous with us. and I'm really much looking forward to this. Uh, the true story of the Titanic. So Psalm 58, there's only what is this? 11 verses. So technically 12, but uh, the just judgment of the wicked to the chief musician. Um, oh, did I just mess this up? Hold on. I need to make sure. Nope. I'm on the right one. Okay. I had computer and tech issues, ladies and gentlemen. So you got to forgive me a little bit. Okay. Uh, do you indeed speak righteousness? You silent ones. Do you judge uprightly? You sons of men know in heart you work wickedness. You weigh out the violence of your hands in the earth 
the wicked are estranged from the womb. They go astray as soon as they are born, speaking lies. Their poison is like the poison of a serpent. They are like the deaf cobra that stops its ear, which will not heed the voice of charmers, charming ever so skillfully. Break their teeth in their mouth, O God. Break out the fangs of the young lions, O Lord. Let them flow away as waters which run continually. When he bends his bow, let his arrows be as if cut in pieces. Let them be like a snail which melts away as it goes, like a stillborn child of a woman, that they may not see the sun. Before your pots can fill the burning thorns, he shall take them away as with a whirlwind, as in his living and burning wrath. The righteous shall rejoice when he sees the vengeance. He shall wash his feet in the blood of the wicked so that men will say, surely there is a reward for the righteous. Surely he is God who judges in the earth. And that is the reading of Psalm 58. So real quick, overall, in this chapter, David reflects uh, upon the wicked right, and their deeds, and he condemns their unrighteousness and their deceitful ways. And he questions whether they truly speak righteousness or judge uprightly. Now, pointing out that the wickedness fills their hearts and violence marks their actions on earth. And David sees that the wicked are estranged from goodness, from birth, speaking lies without any hesitation. And so using powerful metaphors, David likens the wicked to venomous serpents and death cobras. Unreceptive to reason or wisdom. And he fervently prays for divine intervention, asking God to break their teeth and fangs ultimately symbolizing the desire to disarm and disable their capacity to cause harm. And this is what we pray every day for within the assembly. Now, David envisions that the wicked flowing away like relentless waters and their destructions akin to a snail that melts away or a stillborn child who never sees the light. He believes that God, God's living and burning wrath will swiftly and fiercely consume them like a whirlwind. In stark contrast, the righteous find solace in the eventual vengeance against the wicked. They are depicted as rejoicing when they witness justice being served. Amen. And even to the extent of metaphorically washing their feet in the blood of the wicked. Now, this should serve as a testimony to God's role as the ultimate just judge, rewarding the righteous and punishing the wicked. Overall, this chapter illustrates, ladies and gentlemen, that, that David's profound belief in divine justice and the reassurance that the wicked will face consequences for their actions, while the righteous will ultimately find the reward in God's judgment on the earth. And believe you me, folks, we are going to experience just that. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm like reading comments here from people here. Uh, every time I share the live show, I lose my comment bar. Yeah, it's very interesting. I've been having very weird tech issues, folks. So if you're experiencing some wonkiness with Podbean, go figure. They probably don't want Bill to put out the real truth about the story of the Titanic. But without further ado, let me unmute Bill here real quick. And Bill, are you still with us, my friend? Oh, I hope I still have him. Mic check one, two. Hmm. Bill, can you hear me all right? See, this is what I'm talking about, folks. I can't hear him at all. Huh. Let me try giving him a call back. Very interesting. You guys can still hear me, right? 
just looking at the comment section. Yes. Okay, good. Let's try again. What is going on? Hello. There you are. Couldn't I hear you? I don't see. This is what they don't want. They don't want this. Interesting. Story. They don't want the story of the Titanic. You could hear me the whole time, right? Oh, yes. So weird. I could not hear you and nobody could hear you either. At least I don't think they could. Because uh-huh. Anyway, well, before we get any more wonkiness going on here. So Bill Hermanson is with the Missouri General Journal Assembly. You guys are all very familiar with him. He's been on other shows with us with uh, Lisa Muzi and out of Georgia. And Bill heads up a lot of the education and he's been traveling to different states. I believe he was just in Illinois. He's going to be going to um, Georgia here, I believe, this weekend. Um, is that right? This weekend, right? That's correct. That's correct. Okay, very good. Yeah, so he's been traveling around doing presentations. So he is helping awaken. Bill Hermanson is the real Awaken America tour. Forget that Claire Clark nonsense. That's fake, false, pseudo, whatever. Okay, Bill. what Bill Hermanson is doing and along with a few other select individuals out there, I don't know who else is in the background, probably people I don't know, but Bill's the one that I know and that I see. This this gentleman is the real Reawaken America tour, but also giving you solid information on how you get your country back and not filling your head with, with fake, false hope and profiting off your lost hope, okay? That's not what Bill does because all of what he's doing is on his dime and he's not charging people a single penny for what he's doing. So without further ado, I want to open up the floor to Bill Hermanson to discuss the true story of the Titanic. So, Bill, how are you? I'm fine. Very, very good. Well, anyways, I'm glad we got you back. I was a little concerned there. That would be (laughs) technical issue number three today already. So So anyway, the floor is open to you, sir. What do you have for us today? Okay. It's the true story of the Titanic. And... um, I worked this up because it's a good illustration of the ability of the deep state to control the perception of reality and to hide their true purposes. So I'm going to go right into it unless you have any questions. No, no questions. I'm actually really looking forward to this. I know okay. I know Oscar was saying uh, you're going to be in for a real treat. And I'm like, well, I'm looking forward to it. So uh, I am all ears, sir. Okay. So this story has significant implications involving billions of people around the world for over a century. I've drawn most of the information from research done by John Hamer and Jim Crenshaw. This is about a huge deception related to greed, money, power, and evil. You're going to have to follow this story closely as the chess pieces move around when you aren't looking. It's the true story of the RMS Titanic, and it's far more interesting than the fiction we've been led to believe. Now, RMS is the ship prefix used for seagoing vessels that carry mail under contract to the British Royal Mail. The designation dates back to 1840. So any vessel designated as RMS has the right both to fly the pennant of the Royal Mail when sailing and to include the Royal Mail crown insignia with any identifying device and are designed for the ship. Now, there are many accounts and many recent documentaries about what new has been learned about the Titanic disaster. But one interesting side note is mention of the book, The Wreck of Titan or Futility. 
This was a novella written by Morgan Robertson and published as Futility in 1898 and revised as The Wreck of the Titan in 1912. It features a fictional British ocean liner, Titan, that sinks in the North Atlantic after striking an iceberg. Titan and its sinking are famous for similarities to the passenger ship RMS Titanic and its sinking 14 years later. Although the novel was written before RMS Titanic was even conceptualized, there are some uncanny similarities between the fictional and real life versions. Like Titanic, the fictional ship sank in April in the North Atlantic, and there were not enough lifeboats for all the passengers. There are also similarities in size. After the sinking of the Titanic, the novel was reissued with some changes, particularly in the ship's gross tonnage. And it has been revealed by several sources that there was a fire in the number 10 coal bunker of the Titanic that may have weakened the hull at bulkhead number five, contributing to the disaster. This may have involved a plan B, but most of these various theories and findings are just more diversions from the bigger truth. Most documentaries miss the significance of certain facts or misconstrue and confuse them. It's very important to know that the Rothschilds banking group controlled Britain's money since the time of Napoleon and the corruption in both American and British governments. This was all about money and power. As early as 1890, the Illuminati banking cabal were planning World War I. The Germans were outgrowing their boots and needed to be put in their place. They were capturing markets the Americans and British wanted. The problem the bankers faced was that there was not enough money available to support a major war. They would have to find a way to raise more and control it. In 1910, on Jekyll Island, Georgia, representatives of the Rothschilds, Rockefellers, Warburg, and J.P. Morgan had a secret meeting regarding creation of a new U.S. central bank that could issue fiat currency. John Pierpoint Morgan was an American financier and banker who dominated corporate finance on Wall Street throughout the Gilded Age. As the head of the banking firm that ultimately became known as J.P. Morgan & Company, he was a driving force behind the wave of industrial consolidation in the United States spanning the late 19th and early 20th centuries. Now, he was opposed in his effort to set up a national central banking by Isidore Strauss, founder of Macy's, John Jacob Astor, fur and business magnate, and Benjamin Guggenheim. They were merchants and wary of inflation and giving the bankers more power, and J.P. Morgan would be the major shareholder. J.P. Morgan owned the International Mercantile Marine Company, which purchased the British White Star Line in 1902. He offered a premium in order to try to get a monopoly on the North Atlantic route. He also acquired the Dominion and American lines, moving their ships into the White Star Line. Then the company struggled to pay off the acquisition debt as fare prices dropped. Lord William Peary, chairman of the Harland and Wolfe shipbuilder in Belfast, Ireland, 
and J. Bruce Ismay, managing director of the White Star Line, conceived building three large luxury ships. Subsequently, in 1907, J.P. Morgan commissioned the Olympic, Titanic, and Britannic to be built in Belfast. Per the White Star Acquisition Agreement, Morgan guaranteed that his ships could be used by the British as troop ships if war broke out. Lord Peary had a significant personal financial interest in both Harland and Wolfe and the White Star Line. Now, in response to the White Star Line acquisition, the British government provided the Cunard Line with substantial loans and a subsidy to build two superliners needed to retain Britain's competitive position, the Mauritania and Lusitania. The Lusitania was the first liner to have a swimming pool and Turkish bath on board. Now, in Belfast, they built new slipways so that the Olympic number 400 and a gray hull, with a gray hull undercoat and the Titanic number 401 with a black hull undercoat could be built side by side. Otherwise almost identical, the Titanic had 14 evenly spaced portholes on sea deck, while Olympic had two additional unevenly spaced ones. The windows on B deck of the Titanic were evenly spaced, but unevenly spaced on the Olympic. And the after part of E deck was open on the Olympic and enclosed on the Titanic. Now, these differences were not obvious unless you specifically were looking for them. In 1955, a book, A Night to Remember by Walter Lord, was published recounting the circumstances of the sinking of the Titanic in 1912. Much of what we think we know about this event is from this book and the 1958 movie based upon it that followed. Walter Lord was ex-CIA and the book is 80% deceit. The truth is available, but obscured. The Olympic sailed first, June 14, 1911, captained by Edward J. Smith. It had its starboard propeller damaged one week later when it was involved in a stern collision with the tug O.H. Hollenbeck in New York, almost sinking it. Three months later, September 20th, 1911, near Southampton, the Olympic collided with a British Navy cruiser, the HMS Hawk. The damage to both ships was extensive, bending the Olympic's keel, popping rivets, buckling frames, and tearing a big hole in the side. The insurance company, Lloyd's of London would not pay for damages, holding White Star responsible for both ships. White Star and the shipbuilder were facing ruin. Initial repair work was done on the Olympic in Southampton over two weeks, and then in October, more extensive repairs over seven weeks was done in Belfast after a full damage assessment was completed. Frame braces were installed. New plates installed on one-third of the ship's length and longitudinal keel braces installed. The crankshaft was damaged. It still had a distinct list to port. All work had stopped on the Titanic in order to fix the Olympic. 
but it was unlikely that even patched up, the Olympic could again pass a Board of Trade inspection. Then the Olympic's starboard propeller was replaced with a Titanic propeller that had not yet been installed. The Olympic was finally put back into service after the costly delay and lost revenue. After leaving New York Harbor on February 24, 1912, Olympic had her third accident, running over a sunken wreck off the Grand Banks, damaging her starboard propeller again. She limped back to Southampton on one engine. By March 2, 1912, the Olympic was back in Belfast for another replacement propeller from the Titanic. Now, this is normally a five-hour task. I mean, it's, it's big, it's big bolts, big propeller, but only takes five hours. But the ship remained until March 7th, five days, secretly with a hand-picked crew and bribery and threats. The carpets, lifeboats, nameplates, 48 life belts, and miscellaneous items of the Titanic, including stationery, were switched with the Olympic. By order of Bruce Ismay, New carpet was laid, hiding the scuffed linoleum floors. Now, the White Star Line engraved its ship's names in the hulls, so a Titanic nameplate was riveted over the Olympic name and vice versa. The Titanic was scheduled to sail for the first time March 20th, 1912, but was postponed until April 10th, 1912. It should have had a 12-hour sea trial in the open sea, but instead, the Titanic, Olympic, had only a two-hour cursory one in the Belfast Channel with no speed tests. Now, at the time of the maiden sailing of the Olympic, there was no special fanfare, but the sailing of the Titanic, Olympic, was widely publicized and attracted popular elites, including Guggenheim, Strauss, Astor, Bruce Ismay, and J.P. Morgan. Even so, the Olympic had sailed full, and the Titanic Olympic sailed only half full of passengers with reduced crew. Even though a major coal strike was going on and thousands were out of work, workers refused to sail on the Titanic Olympic. Only two firemen stokers remained signed on for the Atlantic crossing. Over 50 first-class passengers canceled at the last minute, including Florence Ismay, Bruce's wife, and J.P. Morgan, who cabled that he was sick in France. He did ask that two priceless bronzes on board the Titanic Olympic be removed. Captain Edward Smith, who had captained during the Olympics three accidents, and had had accidents with the Republic, Germanic, Coptic, and Majestic, was given command of the Titanic Olympic. It is apparent that Ismay had taken Captain Smith into his confidence, probably using the accident record as a leverage, and Smith had handpicked his officers for the Titanic Olympic voyage. On April 5th, 1912, the freighter SS Californian of the British Leyland Line, owned by J.P. Morgan's company, sailed from Liverpool, England, bound for Boston. Captained by Stanley Lord, 
the ship normally carried cotton and up to 47 passengers. The cotton cargo had somehow become water damaged and unloaded in England. On this trip, it had no cargo or passengers, but carried 3,000 wool blankets and 3,000 wool sweaters. It also had a full load of coal, remarkable during a coal strike. With much fanfare, the Titanic Olympic left April 10, 1912, on its first voyage from Southampton. As it left the dock, Captain Smith ordered more steam, and as the ship increased speed, the suction of its wake drew the ship, City of New York, from its moorings and almost collided with the Titanic Olympic. The Titanic Olympic then made stops at Cherbourg, France, and Queenstown, Ireland, before heading west into the Atlantic. A second-class passenger, Lawrence Beasley, a science teacher, later reported that the ship had a distinct list to port. As it approached North America, the Titanic Olympic received six wireless messages. Three of these were iceberg warnings from other ships. Three were confidential messages addressed to Captain Smith from Captain Lord of the Californian, providing its location. A last message from the Californian was never received by the Titanic Olympic. The Californian on April 14th was dead stop in an ice field with boilers fired and the crew on standby. Normal procedure was to steam full speed ahead through ice, not to stop. Now, Captain Lord, six feet tall, on the Californian spent the night fully clothed on a five and a half foot couch in the chart room instead of in his cabin. The last wireless message from the Californian reporting its position was not received by Captain Smith. So Captain Smith turned the Titanic west 10 miles further south than normal, entering an ice field. He went to the chart room during the night, not his cabin, and remained fully clothed. Late evening of April 14, 1912, about 11.50 p.m., the Titanic Olympic lookouts spotted an iceberg. Now, seeing an iceberg three to five miles away is easily done, even at night, and there is plenty of time to avoid one. By maintaining speed, the ship had a turning radius of two-thirds of a mile and can stop in a half a mile if necessary. Captain Smith ordered the ship to turn to starboard, passing the iceberg to port. Inexplicably, the ship's engines reversed, impairing the ship's maneuverability and making a collision inevitable. It's important to note that the reported damage to the Titanic Olympic was a gash less than a foot high extending 60 meters along the length of the hull, but penetrating over half a meter into the steel. The question is, could a promontory on an iceberg cause such a configuration of damage? There were only six witnesses to what happened. Two were officers, Murdoch and Moody, who ended up dead later, and two lookouts, a helmsman, and the quartermaster. After the collision, Captain Smith ordered the ship 
half speed ahead for about five minutes, stopping when a ship was spotted on the horizon. Then he ordered the engines closed down. It was over an hour and a half before he ordered lifeboats launched, but most were only half filled with passengers. Multicolored distress signal rockets were launched, 22 of them in total. A surviving passenger, Edith Russell, was adamant that the Titanic officers had told her the Californian was on the way to help them. Other passengers reported seeing a strange yellow funneled steamer nearby and a strange lifeboat that was not from the Titanic. Crew of the Californian reported to Captain Lord that they had seen rockets. He asked what color they were. When told that they were white, he took no action. In total, they saw eight white rocket flares. Later, it was learned that in between the Californian and the Titanic Olympic was the Norwegian's steam schooner, Samson. This ship was illegally seal harvesting amid the ice in the middle of the night. It sent up white flares to call in its small harvesting boats. After the disaster, its former first officer, Henrik Ness, told a newspaper in Norway that the Samson had been within sight of the Titanic the night the great ship went down. The 147-foot steam-powered schooner with eight seal hunting boats and a crew of 45 aboard had been cruising in an ice field north of the Titanic's position the night of April 14th when the crew spotted two masthead lights and multicolored rockets on the horizon. Ness sent a man into the crow's nest with binoculars for a better view, and he returned with a report of many lights on the sea where the rockets were being fired. The Samson had been sealing illegally off the coast of Labrador and Newfoundland, and Captain Carl Johan Ring was wary of being discovered with his cargo, even in international waters. First Officer Ness is still looked on long after his death as a man of substance and credibility. He had referred to the Titanic incident in his unpublished memoirs and had told his children and grandchildren that he regretted not having had a radio so the Samson might have saved some of the 1,500 Titanic passengers and crew who died that night. The true position of the Titanic Olympic was 12 miles farther east than their reported position and 19 miles away from the Californian. And off to the southwest about equidistance was the SS Mount Temple, which heard the Titanic Olympic distress messages, but did not push through the ice field to help. By 3 o'clock a.m., the Titanic Olympic had sunk. 1,507 passengers died, primarily freezing to death in less than four minutes from the 28-degree water before the Carpathia from the Cunard Line arrived around 5.30 a.m. to find the lifeboat flotilla. 700 survived, including 165 crew. Ismay, the White Star director, was taken aboard the Carpathia. He sent three wireless messages to the White Star offices in New York. Guggenheim, Astor, and Strauss 
were not seen attempting to leave the ship and clearly went down with it, as did Captain Edward Smith. The subsequent inquiries in New York and later England were shams. The helmsman, Hitches, was immediately transferred to become harbor master in Cape Town, South Africa. The story as to how the two officers died was contrived. The quartermaster, Oliver, saw nothing. The two lookouts, Frederick Fleet and Reginald Lee, gave conflicting yes-no testimony. Harold Sanderson, the White Star Line director, during the hearings mentioned the name of the ship multiple times as being the Olympic. Second officer Lighthaller was caught in multiple lies. The 165 crew upon arrival in England were sequestered and required to sign documents that were purported to be required under a secrecy act. Descendants of those men told stories consistent with the Olympic and Titanic being switched. The British inquiry was conducted by John Bingham, Lord Mercy, chairman of the Board of Trade, assisted by the prime minister's son. Obfuscation and diversion were prime tactics used in the questioning and cover-up. The Board of Trade was both defendant and plaintiff in the case. The two governments, knowing that World War I was coming, that money and ships were needed, that J.P. Morgan could walk away from the requirement for troop ships, blamed everything on Captain Lord of the Californian for not rescuing the Titanic passengers. Lloyds of London paid the insurance claim for 3.2 million pounds five days after the sinking, even though the cost of the Titanic was 2.5 million. By the way, in dollars adjusted for inflation, the most recent Titanic movie cost more than the construction of the Titanic. In the U.S. Congress on December 23, 1913, with minimal members present at 10 o'clock at night by voice vote without anyone reading it, a huge bill was passed creating the Federal Reserve Bank, later known as the Fed a private central bank issuing fiat currency. J.P. Morgan was the principal shareholder among 300. The Fed, through its private international bank investors, controls the money supply of the United States, and therefore, through the billions of foreign aid given, much of the world economy. The sinking of the J.P. Morgan rival, Cunard Line Lusitania, in 1915, was one of the causes of the United States entering the First World War. The Britannic served as a hospital ship during the war and was sunk when it hit a mine near the Greek island of Kia in November 1918. The Titanic, sailing as the Olympic, was nicknamed ironically Old Reliable. In 1934, the British government offered the Cunard Line loans to finish Queen Mary and to build a second ship, Queen Elizabeth, on the condition that Cunard merged with the then ailing White Star Line to form Cunard White Star Line. That year, the Titanic collided with and sank a Nantucket lightship. It was then was sold for scrap in October 1934. The Titanic, Olympic, was the first ship to have sunk after hitting an iceberg. 
1914, Lord Mercy was in charge of the investigation of the sinking of the Lusitania, another cover-up. Lookout Frederick Fleet committed suicide in 1965. In 1986, Robert Ballard discovered the Titanic wreck significantly deteriorated during the 72 years on the bottom. It was found to have a gray undercoat used on the Olympic. Black was used on the Titanic. The starboard propeller was stamped 401, which proved it was the propeller from the Titanic, which was moved to the Olympic and longitudinal keel braces were discovered. They were able to see the marble fireplace in Ismay's cabin, which marbling was identical to pictures of his cabin in the Olympic pictures. And part of the Titanic nameplate riveted on was deteriorated, revealing behind the letters A and N, four foot high engraving in the hull of the letters M and P. T-I-T-M-P-I-C. Now here's a footnote. Woodrow Wilson bitterly regretted his role in creating the Federal Reserve. Quote, I am a most unhappy man. I have unwittingly ruined my country. A great industrial nation is controlled by its system of credit. Our system of credit is concentrated the growth of the nation, therefore, and all our activities are in the hands of a few men. We have come to be one of the worst ruled, one of the most completely controlled and dominated governments in the civilized world. No longer a government by free opinion. No longer a government by conviction and the vote of the majority. But a government by the opinion and duress of a small group of dominant men. Unquote. So ends the true story of the Titanic and its aftermath. Wow. Oscar wasn't kidding. That is very, very intriguing. How long did it take you to dig all this evidence up and uh, put together this report? Well, uh, I don't know exactly. Most of the research was done by John Hamer and Jim Crenshaw. And on my website, um, AmericanCivicsEducation.org, I include links to their uh, videos. Uh, I also link a third video because it shows it, it doesn't have the true story, but it has good underwater footage. Um, of submersibles that went down, looked at the Olympic on the on the, the bottom, and you can actually see the M and P engraved in the hull. I mean, there is no question that it's the Olympic, not the Titanic, down there. That's amazing. So there was you, I, I was trying to follow along. I didn't have pen and paper with, but uh, so when these ships, so when the Titanic was made, the Olympic was made at the same time. And what was the other one? The the Britannic. Britannic. Right. So they had to increase the size of the ways at the, the shipyard in Belfast, because these were the largest ships ever made at the time. And they built the Olympic and Titanic side by side. And then the Britannic, Britannic came up later. When the Olympic was damaged, um, they kind of stopped some work on the Titanic. The Titanic was 
maybe about a half completed at the time. Um, I have uh, a number of photos that I've taken from various sources, including the these uh, videos that show the uh, Titanic and Olympic side by side in the harbor. Wow, I, I tell you, now none of this really surprises me because I mean the first thing that I thought of instantly when I'm when you're telling this story because the whole purpose of make, making sure that this boat went down this ship was because there were some people on there that were going to go against the the agenda for the creation of the federal reserve did i hear that correct well that is part or of part it. of it yes yeah the rest is that jp morgan uh was was bleeding cash he needed the insurance money so they it, this was one of those things where you you know killed three birds with one stone wow because the first thing that i kept thinking of was 9-11 because we all know 9-11 was not done by the people that they say did it and it's right. just ironic how the guy or whoever i forgot his name now but whoever owned the world trade centers just so happened ironically to take out insurance in the event of what was it a terrorist attack on the buildings and then what happened like just shortly after that policy got opened up oh imagine that some planes quote unquote went into the trade center and went down and if i recall correctly i think if i heard correctly and don't quote me on this ladies and gentlemen but i think that was supposedly when you know the new financial system was supposed to kick in and that was all situated at the world trade center if i'm not mistaken correctly so right right it's just you know this 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 stinks obviously to high heaven there's 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 no doubt about that but this seems very very much akin you know this the, what happened with 9 11 it seems very much like that's like the 2.0 of what happened with uh the titanic in a way you know just yeah exactly wow yeah. and jp morgan over insured the um titanic olympic <laughs> yeah so so that's interesting too ultimately jp morgan actually ended up with most of the assets of guggenheim strauss and Astor. wow <laughs> wow he was a crook well, yeah. And, you know, I'm so glad I pulled all of our money. My wife and I pulled all of our money away from Chase because we used to bank with Chase for the longest time after uh, we pulled away from Wells Fargo, or I should say I pulled away from Wells Fargo. But, you know, we just now we go with a small credit union. But as far as Chase or any other big banks, I don't trust them. Don't trust them one bit. And this adds one more point uh, to my list of many reasons why I don't trust these big bankers. These big, big bankers are not our friends. Wow. I'm just, you know, in fact, I was just reading something from a gentleman that I, I, I follow by the name of Bix Weir. He uh, he's very heavy in the silver market, but he was just pointing. Uh, he, he sent an email out. He, he does these blast emails out, but it says right here, red alert, Heartland Tri-State Bank fails, uninsured depositors bank bailout by the FDIC. And it just says right here, the first failure of the 2023 round two bank failures has hit. And as predicted, the FDIC is hiding the bailout of the uninsured depositors. And this time it was declared by the Kansas bank examiner to be an quote, isolated event, end quote. And the Kansas banking industry is strong. Ha, he says the FDIC is expecting a loss of 40% of their deposits and have guaranteed cover uh, the losses for the takeover bank. That's a backdoor bailout of uninsured depositors. I mean, 
it, the, and it's very interesting just to kind of see what's going on. Cause I thought I read a report earlier that the Italian government was also saying that they detected multiple complex cyber attacks on their financial infrastructure over there. So there's no doubt there's something going on in the background. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, oh yeah. There's, and, and, and I think personally, I think it goes all the way back to Trump's order, executive order. Uh, what was it? EO one, three, eight, one, eight with all the seizures of all these people who committed crimes against humanity, right? They get their assets seized and their land and whatever else. I mean, that's just the shortened version of it. Um, but I, I think a lot of that has to play because that's a worldwide executive order, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So right. I just think a lot of what we're seeing with these bank failures, I mean, it's a slow destruction of what has occurred since 1913. So, so ever since the, cause I'm trying to figure a way to tie this when I shouldn't say a figure away, cause you could probably easily tie this in. It seems like the, the, the enslavement of the American people and probably people worldwide, but particularly the people in America since the founding of the fed. I mean, that ultimately that system has enslaved many of us. In fact, if not all of us, and now it just seems like, we are seeing the systematic destruction of all of this. And it's all stemmed right after the Titanic went down, right? Well, yes. I mean, they had the meeting on Jekyll Island in 1910 yep. that, that laid out the plan for a central banking system. But the roots actually go all the way back to 1790 with the funding act that Hamilton proposed. <laughs> and so the, the you know seeds were planted along time before and then we had a couple of central banks this time uh they uh through their um bribery and deceit and how they put it all together they made it last and in very simple terms what the fed does is it loans the money to us to use Whereas in our constitution, it says the government should coin, should create the money. That's right. So why are we borrowing money and paying interest on it when we could have just created the money ourselves? That is, I mean, it's very simplistic, but that is the crux of the matter. Because they control the bad guys through the Fed control the creation of the money and the money supply Mm -hmm. they get interest again and again and again and again on every dollar that's in circulation around the world it was created out of fiat out of nothing and they earned interest on it not us so um (laughs) wow yeah, this this corruption, it just it, it's been so deep and goes so far back. And I tell you, it's this type of reporting, Bill, that I look forward to hearing more of what you're going to come out with. Like, I know you're actively working on the uh, it's 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 fleeting my mind now, the uh, the Wizard of Oz type of stuff. Yeah. Like, and, and that. So we'll, I'm obviously we won't get into that now, but I know you're still actively working on that. But there's. This is the type of stuff that I am so looking forward to seeing more and more of this come out, even more in mainstream, because I've been with people that you and I both know in the assembly who happen to know a thing or two about real history. Um, It's going to be amazing to see. Well, I guess let me say this in a two part way. 
it's going to be amazing for people like us to actually see the real revealed truth that I don't think is really going to surprise many of us. I think there's going to be some things that we're going to find out that might shock us. Sure. But I think there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be really, really devastated when they find the real history, because I'm hearing things about, you know, uh, the real history about, you know, Benjamin Franklin and his traitorous ways, George Washington. I mean, even Martin Luther King Jr. I mean, there's a lot of things about people who we have held in high regard in the history books that when the evidence gets presented, and I think this is kind of one of the reasons why the contempt of the Constitution probably exists, because there is no statute of limitations. And when, you know, evidence gets brought up, I guess, before a grand jury and and really shows some of the crimes against humanity, even back in those days, yeah, these people might be dead and gone, right? But in order to correct the history books, because we can't keep going forward, um, what's the word? Uh, going along with this lie, right? And we have to get the real info out. Right. So the 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 value in the history, the way I'm seeing it, you know, why why go over this? Is number one, we need to know it so we don't repeat it. <laughs> uh, and it it by looking back at what has actually happened, mm -hmm. it helps us understand what we are dealing with now and how to move forward. Now, there's more things that we need to learn, such as exactly how a common law works, exactly how to run a grand jury, exactly how to do some of the things that we need to do in self-government that we have hardly any experience doing because this was all hidden from us. So those things still need to come out. But in the meantime, the goal is for everybody to get this knowledge about what we've been through and what the truth really is. And as I talk with people now, uh, as we you know do presentations and then people ask me questions, we are not, we're not simply recruiting people to, to increase size. Right. What we are, and we are not arguing between two opinions so that we are arguing for one and people are arguing for the other. What we instead are doing is we're revealing the truth. And then the argument is only in the mind of the individual to determine, is this the truth or not? We're revealing the truth. It, these are factual. This is what happened. It's now coming to light. Yep. Well, once you know the truth, that's what ultimately gives you your freedom. The true self sets you free, as it says, right? That's right. Wow. If if you follow in my word, that's right. Then are you my disciples indeed, my students? And you learn, and then you'll learn the truth, and the truth will make you free. Wow. I tell you, that was very, very compelling. Oscar, I know you're on here and you were right. He just tapped in here. Uh, you, you were right. Very much a big treat. And I tell you, Bill, that was excellent. And I appreciate so much you being on here and sharing that. Uh, I'm actually looking forward to going back and listening to this replay a couple times over because I, I, I was so much just trying to take everything in that I, I have to, I have to re-listen to this. This is just amazing. I mean, cause this is the kind of real history I think that, you know, all of us are trying to look for, 
you know, because we've been lied yeah. to for so long. And I really do appreciate the hard work that you put into it. Granted, I know some of the evidence and stuff like that was already put, you know, put together and laid out by other people. But the fact that you took all of that and laid it out in a format to present it to the average, you know, Joe and Jane out there in America. So, you know, they can take that information, like you said, and and say, look, this is not a matter of opinion. This is a fact. This is the, these are the, you know, these are, this is the evidence um, laid out. Uh, whether if you accept it or not, look, that's on you. Doesn't make it not a fact though. I mean, it's right there. That's right. That's right. You know, but I do, by the way, I do have um, um, slides that go with this pictures of the, the ships and so on. Oh, wow. For the presentation. Wow. Oh man. I bet that would have been even better yet. I tell you, hopefully, uh, hopefully one of these days, I mean, I know it's not really assembly related, but boy, that'd be really cool to see on the national, you know, uh, phone call. Cause I know they do screen share stuff over there. And, and I think that'd be, that'd be, yeah, that'd be something could, else. Yeah. We could probably do it there. That would be really, Just, really cool. A, yeah. Wow. Well, anyway, well, Bill, it's been a pleasure. And again, your website's www american civics right with an s american civics education.org correct perfect is there anything else that you want to uh close out with or uh any important information oh uh i guess let's talk touch on georgia again for a second for anybody that might be in the georgia or tennessee state area so you're going to be down there this friday correct um or not friday driving friday yep. there'll be presentations in savannah and barnesville on Saturday and then Sunday in uh, Peachtree Corner. Perfect. Yeah, Lisa sent uh, a flyer, um, a digital flyer. I'm going to go back in my Telegram. Um, I'm going to re-forward it so it brings it back to the front um, of the Telegram because there's so much stuff on my feed. But I'm going to bring it back forward uh, for folks to see. And then I'm going to redo that again. I'm going to re-forward it. Uh, let's see. Well, tomorrow's one. I'm going to reforward it on Friday again because I'm sure it'll get buried again. So I'm going to reforward it a couple times over so people in the Tennessee, Georgia, and even Florida area um, will be able to, you know, drive up or, I mean, shoot, probably other states too. I mean, you were telling me about somebody from, I think you said Kentucky driving all the way to oh, Missouri. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. They're hoping there might be some people from South Carolina as well. So we'll see. That's really awesome. Well, Bill, I hope you have yourself a fantastic night and thank you again for sharing this information. And you are my pleasure as usual. Always welcome back, my friend. Okay. All right. We'll talk to you later, Bill. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. Good night. Bye. And there you go, ladies and gentlemen, that is Bill Hermanson from the Missouri General Journal Assembly. And I tell you, it was so great to have Bill on here and to share that information. What a wonderful wealth of knowledge that man is. And so remember, he is going to be in Georgia and he's going to be doing three presentations in three different um, areas there in Georgia. So um, be on the lookout for that. Go to his website, www.americancivicseducation.org. There's also, don't forget, the National Assembly website for, you know, all the other information regarding assembling is uh, www.national-assembly.net. And yes, I under-promote it. I usually try to put out, you know, the National Assembly site most of all, but don't forget my little piddly, you know, measly site. That would be www.hishardline.com. Um, so, but again, I don't really promote that too much. You guys know that. It's, the website's there um, as kind of like a, a central meeting spot. God forbid I get deplatformed here. 
because that is where I would basically put in the, um, uh, I forgot what link it's called, but basically in the updates or something like that, notices link where I'll be. So God forbid something happens here on Podbean, go to hishardline.com and I'll tell you exactly where we're going to continue the show. More than likely, it would be right here on Telegram in the interim until I could find another platform. But let's hope that never happens. But we're going to get right into the prayer. And then I do have a uh, king and country uh, song that I'm going to play a little bit of a remix today. Nothing too crazy. Nothing like last night. Last night I was getting crazy with the with the club music. But again, all Christian EDM and, you know, dancing for Jesus type music. But Heavenly Father, we want to just we want to gather in prayer as we are reminded of the words of David. Who spoke of the wicked and their unrighteous ways, and we seek your divine guidance and strength to uphold righteousness and to resist the temptation of wickedness that surrounds us every day. Father, we also want to acknowledge that uh, the truth and justice are your foundation for your character. And we pray for discernment and wisdom to walk in your ways, to help speak truth boldly and judge with fairness, avoiding the snares of deceit that entangle us all or could have the potential to entangle us all. We lift our hearts in gratitude for Bill, who has enlightened us and educated us with a solid presentation on the truth of the Titanic slash Olympic. We are thankful for the knowledge and insights gained, and we ask that you bless him abundantly for his efforts and future endeavors in sharing this valuable information along with more information to come. Father, in the face of wickedness and lies, uh, Lord, we, we seek your protection and strength and may your loving presence shield us from harm and may your truth be a lamp that guides our steps through the darkest of times and just as david prayed for your intervention against the wicked we also cry out to you god to break the teeth of those who intend to harm others and to disarm the fangs of malice that seek to poison hearts finally we rejoice and the promise of your ultimate victory, where the wicked will be brought to account and the righteous will be rewarded. We commit ourselves to walk in your ways, seeking your truth and justice in all that we do. And an extra little prayer from Rietta. I shouldn't even say little prayer. It's a good prayer, a great prayer. Lord, thank you always for revealing truth. You are so faithful. Lord, use Bill, Jason, Oscar, Destry, and many others who have sacrificed their time to teach us. Lord, help us to learn and persevere in what you have called us to do. Please give us your wisdom and discernment. And many people don't know you yet as their savior. So please show yourself to the unsaved. Thank you, Father. We love you very much. In the Holy Son's name, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen, ladies and gentlemen. Amen. That was a beautiful prayer. I agree with uh, Coastal Runner, my mom. It was a very beautiful prayer. Thank you for that. Very much thank you for that. Um, and tomorrow is going to be a nice little special announcement. But you guys are going to have to show up tomorrow for that. Okay, I'm not going to release the beans today. There's going to be a little special announcement tomorrow. Maybe a little disco, possibly, I think. That's if I don't have any um, technical issues like I did today. My Lord, three technical issues today. That was that was insane. Yes, Rietta, I think we're going to work in a little disco tomorrow. I think we're going to work in a little disco. Um, but other than that, folks, that 
is all we have for tonight. I hope you have a great day, great night, wherever you're at in the world. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for what you, you know, for just being here. Um, and just, you know, I can't thank you guys enough. You guys are amazing. You guys are the only reason why I keep coming. Um, God was the one that initially pushed me to do all this. Um, and there have been many days, truth be told, where I've been wanting to quit. But it's because you all, and yes, because of God. I'm not going to say it wasn't because of God. But it's also on, in part because of all of you that make me keep coming back. And really, it's it, it's on, there's been days I've been wanting to quit and just be like, all right, I'm hanging up the headphones and I'm selling this equipment. You know, but I keep, I keep going. I, I, you know, I keep going. So I don't know what God's got in store for this in the future. Time will tell. But in the meantime, let's get our dancing shoes on. We're going to dance for, for Jesus a little bit here. So without further ado, we're going to have a little King and Country. And maybe if I feel a little squirrely, we'll play another song. And then it's night, night time for me because 2 a.m. comes very, very quickly for me. God bless, ladies and gentlemen. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Mirror, mirror, mirror on the wall Telling those lies, pointing out your flaws That isn't who you are That isn't who you are It might be hard to hear, but let me tell you, dear If you could see what I could see, I know you would believe That isn't who you are There's more to who you are So when it's late
Remember, ladies and gentlemen, remember, ladies and gentlemen, we are firm, we are steadfast, and we are uncompromising. The enemy has crossed that line for the last time. It is up to people like you and I to hold that line. They've crossed the line way too many times, and it is time for us to stand up this republic and get after it. We gotta do this for God. We gotta do this for our families. We gotta do this for America, for the voiceless. It's time to get after it, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining the show. Forget to check out the website www.hisheartline.com and if you want to know more about how to get involved with your assembly go to www.national-assembly.net that's www.national-assembly.net it's time to get active ladies and gentlemen let's go Joining us here at His Heart Line. 
back here next time.